to something slightly different, a little bit more serious, but information that uh, is useful. Last Saturday, we looked at retrenchments during the lockdown and what were your rights as an employee. Today, we're interested in what the rights and opportunities are and options if you're a freelancer or a contract worker. On the line with us, we have Tabang Rapuleng, who's the director in the employment practice at Cliff Decker Hofmeyer. Tabang, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Tabang. Uh, good morning, Michelle. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Just, Tabang, uh, just if you can switch off your radio, um, we seem to be having a bit of a feedback. Uh, it's, it's off, Michelle. Okay, fantastic. Tabang, let's crack right into it. We are obviously concerned um, about the rights of employees, but also, as I said last week, what happens if you are a freelancer, someone who is either on a contract or is is a, and is a contract worker a freelance? I mean, that's something I suppose one should ask as well. What the differences are and what protection we have. Okay, thanks, Michelle. When when we speak of contract workers, Michelle, I think it's important to distinguish as to what which what type of contract we're talking about. For example, you can find someone who's on a fixed term contract. This is someone who's an employee of the company, but who is not employed in a permanent role or on a permanent basis. Yeah. They are employed for a fixed term. They're still a contract worker, but they're a fixed term contract. Yeah. That type of an employee is protected by the Labor Relations Act and will, will share the same rights which flows from Section 189 in terms of retrenchments and so on. So that's an employee for the purposes of our discussions and will fall into the category of the employees that we're discussing last week. But okay. then we also have employee, uh, we also have people who render services to companies, but these are people who have what we call independent contracts. Yeah. So these are not employees of the company. These are people who sell their services. They, they, they get engaged to, to, to render a, a, a specific task or a specific service. Yeah. And it's generally a commercial relationship as opposed to an employment relationship. And in that case, uh, those particular categories of persons don't enjoy the same rights and protections which employees enjoy under the Labor Relations Act. Yeah. So they are, we can say they are less protected by legislation. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 for example, uh, let's let's imagine. Well, actually, let's look at. Um, yeah, let's imagine that I am an actress, and I get um, a job on a TV series or a film series. So, what happens is they give me a contract, and the contract is actually, it's it's for very specific days. So, the contract says I will be shooting on day. 7th of June, day 10th of June, and day 12th of June. Three days. The contract is signed, sealed, and delivered. And then the next thing, COVID-19 happens, and they say, you know what, we're going to have to postpone this. But we don't know how long we're going to postpone this for. But basically, it's either a cancellation or a postponement. What are my rights in that particular situation? Well, Michelle, your rights in that particular example will be the terms of the contract itself. One will have to look at the terms of the contract itself to see what does it provide for. For example, does the contract envisage a situation where uh, your shoot will be postponed or cancelled? 
If it does, what does it say about it? Yeah. If, for example, you might find in some contracts it might make provision for some penalties to be paid by any of the parties that is, is, is cancelling or seeking to postpone. And if it makes that kind of a provision, then you'll be entitled to those penalties as per the contract. So there will not be a general proposition that will apply to everyone, but it's how you contract it, which is why it's important that when you are a freelancer or an independent contractor, you need to make sure that you truly understand the terms of your contract before you sign them, and you you, you, you need to also ensure that the contract also protects you. It does not just protect the one party who is offering the work opportunity, but it also protects you who will be rendering the service or performing the task. So because that's where your eyes will be, you will either fall or you will either stand or fall on the basis of the terms of your contract. You know, t- you, you raise such an interesting thing, Tabang, and that is because obviously I'm interested in this with regard to the creative sector, but it's much more broad as well. But is how often people who have fixed term contracts don't actually look at the terms of that contract. Now, what happens if that contract has something like um, force majeure? Because force majeure supports surely the employer, but not necessarily the contract worker. Yeah, well, force majeure, I think it, 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 it applies both ways. Oh, okay. For example, even you as a contract worker, because of force majeure, you might find yourself unable to render the service. You are unable to come to render a service. Yeah. Then force majeure will apply to you. But at the same time, you might find the company will also be unable to accept your services as force majeure. But it will... It, it, apply uh, between the two parties. The only reason why it is deemed to be more favorable to companies is because then a company's right to make payment or obligation to make payment might get suspended when we are talking first major, just as your obligation to render the service is suspended, but because now your the, 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 the right to receive payment is the, goes to the trucks of or, 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 of 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 the contract for the person who's rendering the services, then that's why they might think in effect that the company can suspend its obligation to pay. It's more favorable to the company. So it depends on which side of the contract you add, but it applies both ways. What about if you're a casual worker? Is a casual worker what is is a casual worker a freelancer? Not not necessarily. Uh, In most cases, when we speak of casual workers, we speak of part-time workers. These are people who are still employees in most cases, but instead of working 40 hours a week, you find that I've been contracted to work maybe 20 hours a week. So it's more of a casual work, and some of these workers are people who are called in during the peak seasons of the company, where the company needs more labor force, they get called in as and when they are needed. So you find in most cases that they are employees and the the, 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 the rights afforded to employees in terms of the Labor Relations Act and the Basic Conditions of Employment Act will still uh, apply to them. So, but in, in, in when we speak of freelancers, there is that element that is not it's also not permanent. So you you can find a situation where someone is a freelancer, but they, are, they get called to render services in the same way as a casual worker. 
which is why the law says we don't focus on the label that the parties put to the contract, but the court will want to check what is the dominant impression that it, it receives when it now looks at the contract itself, but how the services are rendered as well and the relationship between the parties. That will determine whether we are truly dealing with a freelancer or an independent contractor or we are dealing with an employee-employer uh, relationship. Tabanga, we do have to go to sport, but I want to just ask you something very quickly. It's a message that's come through from one of our listeners saying, in December 2019, the Labour Minister proposed that film and TV freelancers enjoy rights of uh, the rights of employees who get paid leave and overtime. Is there any update on this? Uh, I, I, I am not aware of that particular announcement, but one, one will say in terms of leave and overtime, those are generally the things that will also be contained in the contract between the company and the freelancer or the independent contractor. Okay, so what we're saying is that we need to take a very long, hard look at the um, at at the contract that one has if one is a freelancer or if one is even a contract worker. Yes, not just only the contract, but also assess the relationship itself. What is what is happening? Notwithstanding what has been contracted upon, how is the relationship unfolding? What is the dominant impression one gets? when you assess the relationship itself, because you might find as much as we've said it's a contract, it's an independent contractor's contract, but in, in, in reality it's actually an employer-employee relationship. Tabang Rapuleng, thank you so much for joining us, Director in the Employment Practice of Cliff Decker-Hoffmeyer.